Hey, if you've got a, a Bible on you this morning, it'll come up on the screens too, but the book of Proverbs, we need some wisdom. Uh, book of Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs 4, it'll come up on the screens as well. It's after the book of Psalms. And if you are taking notes today, I've entitled this message, Border Patrol. Border Patrol. And this may actually end up becoming a series of messages. We'll wait and see. But I was thinking about borders, our borders, the borders of our nation. There has been a lot of emphasis, rightly so, a lot of focus, a lot of cost and resource have gone into uh, making sure our borders are as safe as possible. Uh, particularly with this pandemic, we, you know, we've got a lot of new measures to keep or try and keep COVID out. And, I guess that's been less than perfect because of where we're or what we're facing at the moment. But, you know, we have these managed isolation facilities, MIQ and quarantine and, and COVID testing. I think, uh, Jen and Alex, you've had a holiday in a hotel for a couple of weeks. Anyone else done a holiday in a hotel in the last year? Nice. Oh, great. Good times, eh? But, I, you know, I think that New Zealand as a nation, we've always been pretty strict with our border control in terms of what we allow in and allow out of. I think I told this story before, uh, a friend of mine and myself, uh, a few years ago, we came back from a missions trip uh, to uh, Tanzania in Africa, and we came into Auckland, and we had, in this little village, a town called Arusha in Tanzania, had gone to a village a couple of days before we traveled home, and bought a couple of um, knickknacks, souvenirs, uh, and I, we bought some wooden carved animals and and then he he bought uh, something else as well and when we got through to immigration uh they asked us do you have anything to declare and so i thought man i've got these little elephants in my bag i, sh I better I better just let them know that i've got them and it turns out that they actually had ivory in them with a tusk which are really illegal you, you, you can't import or export that and so they were taken off me and and my friend he had also bought something at the same market and he'd, he'd bought this, almost like this life-sized wooden carved head of a Maasai warrior, which is the, the tribal people in, in Tanzania. And he thought, you know what, this thing's harmless. It's got my ivory and I'm just going to leave it in my bag. I'm not going to tell anyone about it. And I'm just going to skip through border, border control and, and get home. And so he did that. He got away, never searched. Yet I lost my elephants. And, and uh, he got home and he placed this head on his piano in his lounge and just look at that it's fantastic and just a bit of a memory of the trip and and then a couple of weeks later or days later i think it was the family were in their lounge watching tv piano off to their right when he noticed there was some movement around that head and on closer inspection he realized that there were large black tanzanian ants pouring out of a crack in this head and pouring down and into the piano and so it wasn't good they sprayed an entire uh, can of fly spray in the piano I would have called math but they just used raid and and so and so there's I believe there's no more Tanzanian ants in New Zealand or if you ever find out there was it maybe where they came from but his piano never played well after that but but um you know all of that to to say we do have to be careful 
and give careful attention to our borders and our gateways, what we're letting in and what we're keeping out. These entry points are so critical to be well guarded if we want to do well as, as a, a nation. Well, the Bible describes uh, another kind of place that needs protecting, another type of gateway that we ought to be looking out for. And it's in Proverbs chapter 4, and it's verse 23 begins to mention it in one of the places, and we're going to look at a few of them this morning. And it, it, says, it says this, reading from the NIV of Proverbs 4:23, above all else. That's an important couple of lines. Above all else, like really important that we get this. Guard your heart. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else for it, your heart, determines the course of your life. New King James says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring forth the issues of life. And so while we, again, for good reason, we focus uh, as a nation on all of these external gates, external borders, external or the internal boundaries of our nation, doing our best, the best we can possibly do, I guess, to protect everything, us, everyone inside those boundaries. Listen, what attention are we giving the very thing that will determine the course of our lives? What are we intentionally doing to protect that? The thing that all the issues of life, the Bible says, will flow from our hearts. What attention are we giving our hearts right now in in this strange season of time where we find ourselves in? Above all else, Proverbs says, guard your heart. Keep it with all diligence. Be vigilant with it because everything you do flows from it. Not just a few things. Everything you do flows from that place, from the condition of our hearts or our souls. And and so, you know, an, an infected heart, a heart that becomes positive with with infection, things like negativity and fear, discouragement, complacency. A heart that's infected with anxiety and has has somehow allowed these things to to come in. Listen, according to the great wisdom of the Proverbs here, it says that those things will end up directing and shaping and influencing everything you do. And it'll, it'll steer how you live your life. We've got to guard these hearts of ours. We have to guard them perhaps like like never before. If you turn over a few pages, if you do have an open Bible to Proverbs 23, and it'll come up on the screen as well. And Proverbs 23, verse 7, and it's the, the, it's the New Living Translation. I don't think that's actually right. That should be the Young's Literal Translation. Ignore that on the screen. But it says this, As a man or woman has thought in their soul, Uh, In some versions say their heart, so is he. 
depending on what version you're reading, there's some versions that say something completely different. So uh, maybe focusing on the screen. As a man is thought in his soul, so is he. As he thinks, as he thinks in his heart, he is. And so, in other words, what you dwell on, what, what, you, what you focus your life on, you'll become. It's kind of just a, a classic, great, simple proverb. What you dwell on, you become. What a man thinketh in his soul, he, he, will, he will be. Uh, and what's interesting about this little proverb here is those words, has thought, in the Young's literal translation, it uses those words, two words, has thought. As a man has thought in his soul. Well, in the Hebrew, which is the original language of the Old Testament, it uses one word, one phrase for those two English words, has thought, and it's the phrase shah, probably not pronouncing it right, S-H-A-A-R, and, and it means to split or to open. And it refers to a place or a, a place of access or an entranceway, and it's actually translated a lot of other places in the Bible as doorkeeper or gatekeeper. As we think in our hearts, as we imagine, it's like a door, a gate that's opening and closing, allowing things in and keeping things out. And so in this context of Proverbs 23.7, it's not pointing towards what the thought is. It's not telling us what that is, but it's to the thing that are causing those thoughts. The, the stuff that we are involved with will cause our thoughts. They'll come in through that gate of our hearts to, to whatever we give access to our soul will then determine ultimately what we do and who we become. And I just want to remind us of this this morning, of all the times that we are, are living in perhaps, because you've got to understand, and you can apply this to any other context in our lives, is your soul is a gateway. Your heart is a gateway to your life. It's where things come in. And I know it's not, a, it's not literally the, the, the heart is in the, the organ, the heart, right? It's, it's our, our soul, our, our mind, will, and emotions. It's that makeup of, of, of who we, we are. What I give my soul access to, what I allow in, I become. And so what I give access to, we've got to think a lot about what we're giving access to. What are you giving your soul access to by what we're watching online, on, on the internet? What are you giving your soul access to? What gate are you opening up with what you're watching on television or spending your, your time on, on YouTube or social media? What, what are you giving your soul access to? What gate is opening up when you're talking to people, hearing their thoughts and their words and you're receiving them and, and taking them into your life. What you give your soul access to, you will become. And we have to guard our hearts. You and I have to be gatekeepers of our souls because what we let in, we will become. And in this climate, we don't have to look too far to find a whole lot of things that can divide us, that, that will cause us anger and negativity. And as I said, fear and things like anxiety. We don't have to look far to find that. But we've got to be careful if we spend our time. I just want to give a little uh, gentle warning to us. If, if we are spending our time hour after hour reading articles and watching things and sifting through Facebook, 
even looking at stuff you might agree with, but it carries this energy and this tone of negativity, I just want to say, be careful. Be careful. Your heart's like a gate. It's taking that stuff in. It's bringing that in. It's, it's who you'll end up becoming. Think about some of, the, some of those things. Oh, some of you may be thinking, oh, I, I should be doing a better job of guarding my heart. Maybe. Maybe. Here's what can happen sometimes when we, when do, when we do this. Now, some of you will, will, um, will totally get what I'm about to say. Some of you won't. But, but this kind of thing about the heart gate and what we allow in and how it, how it influences our lives, even things that we may not think are wrong, but just we just got to be careful because it can become, particularly in this climate where we are trying to uh, do, do togetherness well, is, is what we can do is we can take righteous causes and we can somehow turn them into self-righteous ones. Let, let, me, let me explain. We can take a righteous cause and we can end up inadvertently turning it into a righteous one. So here's an example. Two of them actually in Scripture. In Luke chapter 9, the disciples are with Jesus. They're heading towards Jerusalem. They come across the the area of Samaria, and for those of you who know, the Samaritans and the Jews, there's a long-standing feud. They don't always get on, but there was an opportunity for them to go into Samaria, to stay there, a righteous cause to perhaps minister to them, to see them one, to see revival come to that area. But the Samaritans say to them, hey, we don't want you to come in. You're not welcome. You're not welcome in in this place. And so disappointing. And so James and John, you may remember this, two of the disciples, they shift from that righteous cause to a self-righteous one. And they say to Jesus in spiritual maturity, hey, Jesus, would would you like us to call down fire from heaven and burn them all up? Like, would you like us to do that? Like it was a genuine question. And, you know, Jesus turns to them and he says, Whoa, guys, you do not know what spirit you are of. Just be careful. Like, how did that, how did that, Jesus looked at them and said that. You see, some of us want to fight. And what often happens, and I've found myself there, I want to prove my point. That is the best point. I want to prove you wrong and me right. I want to prove my point. And, and let people know that I'm right and they're wrong. But listen, you, we've got to be really careful. We don't, we don't shift to self-righteous causes just for this argument to be right with, and the other person to be wrong. You've got to be careful that we're not fighting about the wrong things. All right? We've got to fight for, we've got to fight for unity. We've got to fight for being, being, bringing together, not pushing people apart. And so here's another one, Joshua chapter 5, I think it is. Uh, I don't have the actual uh, the reference here, but you'll know the story. Joshua and the army of Israel are on their way to Jericho, and it's a righteous cause. It's part of the conquest of the promised land. It's what's been promised by God, and they have been waiting literally hundreds and hundreds of years to, to enter in, to get into this place. What a righteous cause. And then one night, it says in, somewhere in Joshua 5, that uh, a, a man begins to approach the camp, and the Bible says that it was the commander of the Lord's army. So more than likely an angel. 
And some scholars believe that it actually could be like a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus himself showing up to Joshua. And what happens is Joshua runs out of the camp. He runs up to this man of God and I'm maybe embellishing this a little bit, but he gets in his face and he says, are you with us or are you against us? Are you on my side or are you on the side of the enemy? And the man replies, no. Neither. I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. And I like to think he's saying, who the heck are you to Joshua, right? And then Joshua falls on his face and begins to worship, worship God. And it's, just, it's just a reminder. We've got to make sure that these are righteous causes. Not, they don't shift to self-righteous ones that we, we are fighting for the right causes. Not our own battles, not our own, not our, our own need to be right. Okay, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying in all of this. Sometimes we've got to lay that down and listen and care and show love rather than just being right all the time. So what words, what declarations, what atmospheres, what attitudes, what... What uh, arguments are we giving access to our souls that, that might actually be steering us away from his assignments for your life? Have a think about that. So how do we guard our hearts? Well, actually, uh, that first proverb, Proverbs 4, uh, it gives us some clues if we are to keep reading the rest of it. So let's just do that right now. Let's read this again. Above all else, so most importantly, we have to guard our hearts because everything you do flows from that, that gate. Be careful. And then it, if we keep reading, the rest of the passage begins to give us some clues as to how we're to do that. Verse 24, it says this, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk Far from your lips. And so it's about our words. It's about, and my first point is what we are saying, what we sp say, what we are speaking, what we are declaring, what we are sharing, what we are, what we are spreading, what we're listening to and then passing on. Are the words that we say, are they giving life? Are they, are they declaring life over things and situations? Watch what we say, because as you know, your words create worlds, right? They are, they are powerful. They, there is the, the power of life and death are, are in the power of the tongue. And so it's a very powerful weapon there. Psalm 141 verse 3, not on the screen. It says, set a guard. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let my heart not be drawn to what is evil. You know what I've found sometimes with these discussions about all sorts of different things? I've found sometimes the best way to move forward is just to keep my mouth closed and keep my opinion to myself sometimes. <laughs> but, but so God, set a guard over my mouth. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. Let my heart not be drawn to things that are evil. Let's be lifting people up with our words, not pulling them down. Verse 25. So what are we, what are we saying? It's one way we can guard our heart. Verse 26. Uh, sorry, verse 20. Where am I up to? Verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. We're just reading through this proverb. So number two it's about what we see. 
What are we watching? What are we looking at? What are we keeping our focus on? What is our gaze staring at? What are we spending our time looking at in this season in in our lives? You see, we guard our hearts by being vigilant about what has our focus, what we are looking at. So it's about what, not just what we say and what we're hearing that we're repeating, but what we're seeing. And then this passage continues, verse 26. So we're just reading through 23, 24, 25. Verse 26 says this, Finally, give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the left or to the right. Keep your foot from evil. So we watch our words, what we say, our eyes, what we see, and finally, a pathway where we go. Where we go, what we say, what we see, and where we go. Give careful thought to the paths of our feet. And I just want to ask the question, not, I don't need an answer, but listen, are we being led by Jesus? Are we walking in, in love? Or are we being guided? Is our, are our feet taking us places because of things like fear and, and frustration and maybe fantasy? Like We've got to be careful what, what that heart is allowing in that will end up directing our, our steps. We must keep in step with the Spirit of God. We must keep in step with them. I think I've sh- shared this story in another message recently, but uh, we have a dog, Nico, and uh, I was teaching him last year how to walk off the lead. And I don't know if, uh, you know, heal. You get a dog to stay right beside you and they heal. And you do that uh, certain ways. One of the ways is you carry a big stick and when they get ahead, you whack them. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, I wasn't doing that, but... But what, in the process of training my dog to heal, it, he kept on running ahead. And he still kind of does that a little bit today. And I'm like, heal, heal, just repeating these same words as, as he comes back into a line with me. And one morning I'm doing this with my dog, Nico, heal, as he starts to get ahead. And I felt the Holy Spirit just whisper to my soul. And, and he said to me, Where's you do that sometimes. You run ahead. You get, way, you get out of step with me and you run off. Sometimes in a bit of fantasy and dreaming about things that God's just, you know, like, and, and, and the Holy Spirit's saying, heal, come on back to my side. Get alongside me and let's walk in step together. Here's what I'm doing. All right, here's what I'm on right at the moment. Don't get too far ahead. You see, what happens when the dog's well-trained, it doesn't need to be on a lead. You're not like, he's not going, <gasps> some of our dogs are, right, Sally? You've got a Labrador, a golden retriever. I know it walks like that. She's well-trained, okay. <laughs> but we want to be free and able to walk in step with God and in step with the Spirit as he lets us off the leads, the restrictions of our of, of our our lives. Come on, I want the band come up because I'm, I'm nearly finished and I just want to pray over us as, as a church. This is a, in some ways a significant time for us. And, and as I said, this, uh, this message on borders, border patrol may end up being a little bit of a series. I found just a couple of extra passages of scripture here. Second Chronicles 13, 19 it tells us that, that gatekeepers, this is around the, God's temple in the Old Testament, 
how there were gatekeepers and they were stationed around those entry points, strategic places, to protect what was coming in and coming out. Second Chronicles 13, 19 says, Gatekeepers were stationed at the gates of the Lord's temple so that no one who was in any way unclean might enter. And here we are today, as you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? We are the doorkeepers, the gatekeepers of our hearts and souls, saying no to anything unclean through what we see, through what we say, and where our feet take us. We're to protect those places. We're to guard them vigilantly with, with our lives. Psalm 24 verse 7, uh, one of, I shouldn't say one of my favorite psalms because I say that every second week, but lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift, be lifted up, you ancient doors. Why? So that the King of glory may come in. Lift up your heads. Where? Heavenward. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. So that the King of glory may come in. I can remember an old song. I'm not going to sing it that we used to sing. Right, Norma? Let the King of glory may... Anyway... But, but ultimately, in this time and in this season, listen, of all of this stuff floating around around us and, and us trying to take sides and trying to do this and, and that, that one thing, listen, we need the King of glory to come in. Our gates need to be opened for everything that heaven is saying and shut to everything else. Please, God your hearts. We need His glory to fill our hearts. And that's what I want to pray over us right now. The glory of God, the, the, the manifest presence of His Spirit to come and to come in and to flood the gates of our hearts. Flood the Lord, we say to you right now, we say our hearts, the gates of our hearts are open, but they're open for you. They're open for you. They're open to you. They're open from hearing from you. God, I pray over every person here, over anyone listening to this today. And there's actually an online edition being uploaded at the moment, but a shortened version of this message. But I pray, God, that we would watch our hearts. We would guard our hearts. We would stand at the gateway and be very careful to what we're allowing in and help us give us wisdom to say you know what i'm not gonna i'm gonna shut the gate on that right now you know what that that that's a righteous cause but i can i can see it turning into a self-righteous i'm gonna shut the gate that's not healthy right now that's not healthy i god i worship you i lift i lift my gates. I open up my gates to you. Let the King of glory come in. I worship you, Jesus. God, I thank you. Come in. Come in. Come in. I, I open my gates to you. Lord, I, we pray today as a church, as a people, as ones who've been called to walk together. Interesting times, Jesus. But we know there's a way forward 